Welcome to the Everyday Heroes podcast. I'm your host, Philip Brady, and it is my honor to bring you this next episode. It is my hope, ambition, and purpose to inspire, guide, and equip people like you and I with the tools, stories, strategies, hope, and inspiration to make the difference only we can make. This podcast will highlight examples of mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, friends, and colleagues who have risen above circumstance, braved the odds, and come out of the other end more successful, more grounded, more inspiring, more kind, and more grateful. And that is my hope for you. And now to the show. Let's go. Let's go, baby. So firstly, welcome to the Everyday Heroes podcast. I'm Philip Brady. Delighted to be able to bring another episode with what I'm hoping I can call a friend, but absolutely somebody that I admire and look up to as well and draw inspiration from all the time with just seeing how consistent and how valuable you are being, Dan Dargan, uh, to your audience and to the people that you interact with as well. And was excited to get you on and excited when you said yes. So welcome to the podcast number one. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here, mate. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, feeling great. As I said, pleasure to be here. And uh, I'm just excited to get into a deep conversation, peel back the layers. And uh, yeah, I suppose just add value. Like, as you'd said, it's being consistent, giving people value. And uh, the way I always perceive a situation is if if it helps one person, then it's a win. So yeah, ready to get into it. Nice. So let me just tell you the one line about the podcast. So what I'm trying to do is there's this hero's journey that people go through or that we relate to in movies. And what I want to try and do is by telling stories of people that we could meet and be behind in the queue in Sainsbury's or Tesco, we could actually be inspired by actually how inspiring they already are. And like that, you're somebody that's inspiring people, but somebody could be beside you in a queue in Tesco and not realize actually the impact that you're having on people. So I want to try and tell stories like that and capture stories like that so that people feel, actually, do you know what? Maybe I could show up as the hero in my story and actually live up to that potential. So that's some of the intent. But I love that. Back, back to you. So that, I yeah, that. I'm glad. Like, it's just, I'm just trying to equip people with these examples where, like, it's possible. Yeah, it's 100%. so possible. I, I think it doesn't take... Uh, someone to be at an extremely high level of whatever they're doing to to feel like a hero like that could be a hero to a son daughter uh mother that like parent whatever it is and it doesn't have to be i understand like yes heroes but it doesn't have to be uh something from a movie scene to make you feel like you are a hero in someone else's life um 100%. and in your own so yeah i absolutely love that 100 percent. so tell us a little bit about you what are you up to at the moment what's going on in your life so at the moment for me, uh, I've moved, I started coaching at the start of the year and uh, I've moved predominantly online and want to move away uh, on holiday next, I want to move, uh, go on holiday next year and go traveling. So I've moved uh, as an online coach uh, just as of recently, I would see myself as someone that's uh, has, a, has a huge fire in their belly, someone that uh, likes to just have a, have a massive impact on people in the, in the most positive way um, that I can. And I feel like I'm really making a difference in the world. I feel like I'm helping a lot of people. And uh, I like to see myself as someone who's 
maybe a symbol of defiance. I really do see myself as that. And if someone laughs at that, I don't care because I genuinely do believe that, that hopefully someone can take inspiration from who I am and uh, the things I've gone through. Um, so I see myself as someone that's defiant. I see myself as someone that's um, a leader in, in my space. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm online coaching and uh, I'm absolutely loving it. Absolutely loving it. It's something that I'm really fulfilled in doing. Um, so yeah, currently living at home. I used to live away. I used to live in Dublin, and then I moved back uh, here with um, with COVID. And uh, yeah, I suppose a short stay turned into two years, like a lot of people. But uh, yeah, um, the plans to go traveling next year and uh, spread the wings, shall we say? Nice. Say a little bit more about symbol of defiance. That's an interesting frame. Yeah. Uh, what are so- you defying against? Uh, defiant against adversity um, um, more so mental adversity I think it's crazy you can look at someone uh, and they can appear as someone that has all their ducks in lines they can appear as someone that has it all going for them but if you actually took a microscope and look at what was going on inside of their head you would realize that there's a lot being thrown at that person and they may have things coming at them in a much more in a much more difficult way than as maybe perceived like I used to be someone that uh and I again I'm it's someone I used to be I I probably used to be someone that uh, people think oh he's got it all going for him it's he's uh he's he's he knows what he wants to do in life he's uh, got good people around him he's nothing to worry about that's not someone that should be should be feeling down and uh yeah, I suppose one thing led to the led the next, and it led me into a really, really difficult part of my life, which I'm sure obviously we'll get into. Um, and I, I see myself as someone that it could have went one or two ways, and thankfully it went the way um, that I wanted it to. And as a result of that, I see myself as defiance, defiance against adversity, defiance against the odds, defiance against um, this. I suppose the struggles of life that goes on in between the ears, which a lot of people never see. I I coached somebody really senior in a one of the global financial banks. And I just emailed them this week and said, like, how are you doing? And they have an unbelievable job, managing director, teams of people around the world. And they said, um, just back after a couple of months off, I couldn't handle it, burned out. So mm. I, I, I think it's, we can get into it on my side as well. Like I'm happy to share whatever's helpful, yeah. but like I've seen all of this stuff firsthand. So that's mm. why I'm on this. I could yeah, let's call it a mission to try and yeah. inspire people to say, do you know what? You're all right, but it's not easy at the moment, but it'll get better. Yeah. And I think just to try and yeah. inspire a little bit more light. And like you say, that's why I pick up on the symbol of defiance. I love it. And uh, yeah, so I want to yeah, try that- and dig into it a little bit. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's it's very difficult to tell someone that in the moment. It's very difficult for someone to hear that in the moment, that it's going to be okay, because um, especially when it comes from someone that hasn't experienced adversity. Yeah. And it, it's, it's unfortunate that it's such a cliched saying that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but it's unfortunate that that only seems to be true once you're out the other side of it. Mm. It never makes sense in the moment, um, mm. but I, th- I, I think sometimes I think for me, uh, I do think I, I, I can resonate with people because I have maybe been through that. And uh, as you said, that that uh, the banking manager, um, 
I think taking a step back, feeling burnt, I think that's brave. I think that's brave. I think uh, in today's society, it's applauded to, to be go, 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 to work 100 mile an hour. Oh, you busy? You keep, you keep busy? That's a sign of like, oh, you're doing well. Whereas yeah. sometimes it's like, no, you know what? Me taking a step back, it's me, me taking not even a step back, a, set, a side step. That's that's as positive as anything because at least one one you're getting clarity um, on when to slow down and the way I see it, it's like know when to slow down so you don't need to stop. Yes, yeah, and, and I think I, that's something you should, that's brave. Do you not think for for for, the, for for your particular your client or your friend? I think that's I think that's brave of them. Well, you see, it depends on the environment that they're in, whether it's seen as bravery or cowardry or whatever the word is to be a coward, but it's absolutely not. That's a wrong metric or wrong value to put on that. It's absolute bravery and we should be applauding it, like you say. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we need to nearly recalibrate what we see as good or valuable or like the right behaviors mm -hmm. and disincentivize or kind of remove any of the applauding that goes to the bad behaviors like workaholics or hustle or always on and nine to five is bullshit i'm gonna work 24 7 it's like nah you're all right sleeping is good you know it's really good for you probably yeah. sleep a little bit more yeah and like you gotta ask yourself well for, for me and i know obviously you're the one asking me questions but for me it's like right okay well what's the, what's the purpose of all this you can work yeah you, okay you can work 24 hours a day for years but like what do you want at the end of it a certain amount of money to hit like you want to yeah but like what kind of size of house do you, like what do you what do you actually want from the end of it? for me it's just being content waking up in the morning smiling and no i'm looking forward to the day like what is it for you what is it for Are you, you asking like, me yeah oh and i was gonna say it's not even what are you wanting at the end of it it's what are you wanting during it oh yeah i love that it's yeah it's yeah because we can waste for, oh, when I earn 100K a year, then I'll be happy. When I, whatever. But it's like, nah, it's the butterfly caterpillar. It's the cocoon. Yeah. The cocoon is where the crack is, where the fun is, and where the, the hardship and all that struggle is. But yeah. that's what life is about. We're not ever going to reach the destination sometimes. Yeah, someone said to me, it's, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was their purpose of life is the meaning of life was enjoying the passage of time and i think so many people do succumb to that happy destinations destination syndrome of oh i'll be happy when and yes. it can get it can get easy um, i don't know like is that something that you felt before because for me it can definitely get easy to get sucked into that yeah totally like when i'm ready when i feel confident when i feel motivation then i will whatever it is insert anything there yeah, 100%. Yeah. And like most of the people I coach are waiting to feel confident or ready or whatever it is before they do whatever it is that they want to do. Mm -hmm. And we all get caught in those traps, but those traps keep us safe. So which is good. It's self-love. It's a comfort zone. It's a let me keep you safe where you won't be hurt. You won't be rejected. People won't say they don't like you, but you'll be really comfortable. But comfortable won't grow you. So there's a cost and until that cost increases enough over time that it's more painful than changing, nothing changes. Yeah, nothing you changes, know? nothing changes. And the way I see it, it's, uh, you need to put, uh, imposter syndrome is something I really struggled with. And I know we spoke about that before. And for me, if you're, if you're trying something new, you have to accept that you're going to be an imposter. I think you have to, you have to be unqualified initially to be in a place of growth. Mm -hmm. 
I think if you're all like there's no you, you can't take on a new venture and be a veteran from the get-go like you have to be an imposter and that's okay that doesn't mean you're a liar that just means you're willing to be vulnerable enough for growth 100 percent, and that you're willing to push yourself so that you can yeah. continue to grow and out of that comfort zone and that's why i really like danica's um graph of comfort zone yeah lower limits versus the upper limits the upper, upper limits of your comfort zone what we would call in like that kind of coaching space like the leader's edge yeah. So it's where they're at the edge of what they know and understand in the business and in how they're making sense of problems. But actually, when you're at that edge, it's really uncomfortable because you're pushing up against everything that you know to be true. And you're being asked to go one out from that or two mm-hmm. out from that. And that's where think, the magic happens. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's like I, I review every so often, every, every couple of months. And I say to myself, OK, am I comfortable right now? Am I really comfortable? Am I doing things every day, which is easy? And if I am, I'm like, right, okay, what could I do next? What could I do next? And for me, on a micro level, like I tell my clients all the time, okay, like about getting their steps in, nailing their nutrition, and to show one up when they don't want to show up, okay? And like one thing which... I like to show them and I started posting on Instagram recently. You've maybe seen it of me getting in the bin um, and filling it with ice and getting in the bin every morning. And I said, I've done that for 30 days. And it's not because it's the reason is, is I want to show people that I really don't want to do this. I want to get up and out of a nice warm bed in the morning. And I really, really don't want to get in this cold bin. But if I do it, if I, if I do the difficult thing, I know I'm going to get the benefit at the other side. And that's what I want to show to my guys. And for anyone out there, it's like, okay, you do, you do the difficult things when you don't feel like doing it, your life will be better. It's like, as I always say, it's um, easy things, hard life, hard things, easy life. And that's something that's revolutionized my life is, okay, like when you're faced with a difficult decision, always go with the one that brings the most opportunity and that might even be opportunity doesn't mean in career-wise it could be opportunity in in feeling or thought potential of me feeling better after this is it there okay let's go for it let's go for it and that's how the cold water exposure really changed me um it's like okay from a discipline perspective and again from doing the difficult things when you don't feel like doing it yeah discipline is doing what needs to be done whether you feel like it or not yeah right, different yeah. motivation which is you do it when you feel like it which you won't always a hundred percent and uh i feel like especially as a coach if that's something i preach i've got to follow through with that yeah. and uh so that's why i like the show i like to show my guys and girls that no like don't don't worry like I, i'm doing that too the last thing i want to do here is is uh getting comfortable for a couple of minutes or for 10 minutes a day but i'm gonna do it I'm going to do it and uh, hopefully someone can take inspiration from that. Um, Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Tell us about your, so on a hero's journey, you get this call to what's called an adventure. Mm. So the adventure for you, it sounds like is in this kind of fitness space, inspiring people to live better lives. What was that call for you? So what did it, it wasn't all, how did it present itself? So it it is quite long winded, but I'll give it to, so it was never, I, I never had aspirations of being in the fitness industry. Uh, I never seen myself as being involved in that. Um, from a very young age, I was, I was doing flying lessons. I was trained to be a pilot. Uh, after I left school, I worked in Topshop for a year and I moved down to Dublin to pursue um, becoming an airline pilot. And for me, it was great. It was like, like highly 
like a highly sought after career. It was extremely lucrative, and people always said to me, "Oh, that's unbelievable! That's class!" And it, it gave me a, it gave me a wee hit at the every single time. It made me feel even better because people said to me, "Oh, that's that's unreal, Daniel!" And people loved it. As time went on, it was it was fantastic, and I did love it. But as time went on, I soon realized that it wasn't for me. I felt like I was living a lie, and I suppose understanding that it was a massive financial investment and a much a massive um even just uh, even from a time perspective it was a massive investment and i was succumbing to that sunk cost fallacy of i spent i spent two years in this i've um i've invested this amount and i've got to keep going but two years for 40 years of start first for staring on the ballot 40 years of a job i don't want to be doing that 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 was that was massive for me so we hit lockdown and it gave me 18 months to, to think on it and to be honest from realizing that it wasn't for me and realizing how much of a financial investment it was i started to take a toll on my mental health and I started to really take a downward spiral. I was the most confident person you've probably ever met before. I was uh, the most happy-go-lucky. I never had anything go wrong as a child. I had a fantastic childhood. Like, my, my parents are unbelievable. Like, the best people in the world. And, like, I thank them for, for giving me the best childhood ever. And I was never, I was never told no. But this is the first time where I'd faced adversity. And I realized there's no way out here because... I had I, I couldn't face up to telling them that I didn't want to go through with this career after it was such such a huge investment. So the pressure started to build. I started to become stressed out. I started becoming anxious to the point where I couldn't even walk into a shop um, alone. I couldn't do it. Uh, sitting with my parents, I really struggled with that. Um, it became quite debilitating, and I soon I started to lose my life and the Daniel that I thought I I thought I was. And I suppose it really came through lockdown um, where before lockdown, where I had spiraled into a, a, a deep depression and made an attempt on my life. I tried to take my own life. Um, I remember it was 26th of November 2019 and I basically went missing. Um, and I don't really remember the night I woke up the next morning in the hospital and it was just a blur for me. It was a blur. And I don't know if like, if anyone's listened to this and they've been in that moment before, like it's, it's kind of, it's almost as if there's like a moment of joy before that, because you know, it, you know, there's going to be relief. And like, I've heard people say that before that the time before the moment, the moments before they take, try to take their own life. It's like some of the happiest moments. And it's, that's the way it was for me, which is really scary. It is really scary that I I got to that I got to that point, and thankfully, things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to in that moment. And I woke up the next morning in the hospital, and that was the first time my mom and dad really knew what was wrong with me. It was the first time they really um, knew the severity of the situation. From then, with a lot of help from them and uh, through those closest to me, I started to open up more. I started to really assess the situation for what it was. I realized, okay, I'm not in a good place mentally. I I don't love what I'm doing. I don't want to be become an airline pilot. And uh, it was the first time in my life there was a bit of relief in in probably a, a good year. 
And I'm just so glad that it turned out the way it did. From then, I stopped drinking. And uh, I used to be someone that used to, I would drink, I would take drugs, and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd stop that completely. Um, I probably stopped drinking for about eight to 10 months. I smashed the gym. I hired the coach. I smashed the gym. I'd done a photo shoot. I started delving into the self-development world. I read every book I can on uh, personal development. And I, I studied so much in trial and error, what worked for me, what didn't. And after about a, a, year, a solid year, I realized I, was, I could be in a much better place here. And what really changed for me, and really, it was that calling, which we talk about, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was obviously coming out the other end of things. And I see my, I started to see myself as a, re, a really resili resilient individual, but I feel like I didn't have a purpose and that was the issue. I didn't have a purpose and that was the issue. And I feel for a lot of people, lack of purpose can, can really lead you down a dangerous path. And I think people don't take action because they don't have a purpose but what I feel they should do is I feel like they should act on their values and that may lead to a higher purpose. And that's what I done. Essentially, it was I, I loved helping people. I was really passionate about mental health. I love fitness. I loved uh, educating people uh, and communicating with others. And those are things I love to do. And I sit after upon sitting on it for a while, I was like, this could really be an out for me here. Being a personal trainer, helping people improve themselves but obviously really focusing on that mental health aspect of things. And uh, I remember calling up my friend and I said, here, don't, don't, don't judge me on this, but what do, what do you think about me becoming a personal trainer? And he said, mate, to be honest, I thought that's something that you would always have been incredible at. And I was just like, well, okay, maybe this is something I'm onto here. And I, like shortly after I'd, uh, I'd, booked a call with Lenny I'd started my journey at Elite and uh, yeah that's what brings me to where I am now but um, I, th I feel like I was at a lack of purpose and through acting upon my values that really led me to that and I think people struggling with purpose it's very hard to know what it is and how to get it or how to find it but what I would say to anyone who's struggling to find their purpose is just try, just try. Like, what have you genuinely got to lose? Like, if you try something, you don't like it, you fail at it. That's okay. You're no better. You're, you're no worse off. You're in the exact same position you were. And you know, one thing that's not for you, but like you may have 30, 40, 50 years ahead of you and staring down the barrel at something that you don't enjoy because you have because you're unsure of what your purpose is like I don't feel like that's a good enough excuse I feel like everyone should keep trying because I feel like you, you owe it to yourself to live a happy life to live a fulfilled life and for me I was choosing security over fulfillment and I'm glad to say it's the reverse now like I, I'm extremely fulfilled in what I do and uh, like I genuinely do believe that if you if you are passionate and if you're passionate about something and you have work ethic the fulfillment and security can come both in hand in hand. Um, but that's really what brought me to what I'm doing today. Um, and it, it was a difficult journey. It really was. But I think people don't see that from me. Um, they maybe see someone that's maybe confident now. They maybe see someone that's um, just a very happy individual. And I've always been that way. I had a really good, great upbringing, thanks to my mom and dad. And I've, never, I've always had it easy, but it hasn't been that way. And I suppose it just shows you that no matter 
how easy your life may appear. That's not the case. It's not the case. And um, like suicide is one of those topics which like it's a difficult topic for people to speak around. And for me, it's not because I want people to I want people to be educated about it. I want people to understand that that person that you're that your best mates with that you might see a couple of times a week, they might have some shit going on. And you reaching out to them could be the difference between living the rest of your life and happy with them or showing up there at a funeral and seeing them in a box. And I know that sounds, I know that sounds really, that, that sounds extreme, but that's the way it is. And people say, oh, just talk more, just talk more. If you're feeling suicidal or if you're feeling depressed, oh, just talk more, just talk more. But that, is that enough? Is that enough? Like the way I see it is the onus should be on us as friends, as family members, the onus should be on us to reach out if you notice the signs like um like the signs that you're like maybe are, are are they starting to look a bit more unkept are they not cleaning the room are they um are they flaking off social occasions last minute are they stopping doing the things that they used to do like look at those signs if you spot them reach out ask them are you okay if if you can't get them in person I, I, and you know what like as i always do what which i would do is ask them twice are you okay mate I had a conversation with someone in the past couple of months and I asked them, were they okay? And they said, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. And I, we, we spoke further and I asked him again, mate, are you actually okay? And he came out and told me that he thoughts of suicide and we spoke through it. And it's something that I've helped them with over the, over the past few months. And if I had just stopped after asking them the first time, I don't know what the outcome could have been. And it, I think that just shows, like, that just highlights how important that actually is to look out for people. And they, like, if someone's depressed or suicidal, the last thing they're going to want to do is open up to someone. So it's the onus is on us to do it. Um, but, but also in the same time, you're not somebody's carer. I went to Hollywell um, after that, and one of the psychiatrist said to me he says you're not someone's care and what someone what something you you, you said something uh, at the ECA event it was um help people from a place of overflow fill your cup up first and that re- I, I sat down and I was like shit that's it that's just a really that's just a much better way to put it um but yeah I, I think that's important like when when you if you're you can help someone a loved one of course you can but when it starts to negatively impact you that's when you need to pull back because you can't help someone if you're in a place if you're not feeling great in yourself so that's what i that's what i think on 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 those topics and i know it can be that could be a very serious topic for someone but um i think it's something that should be spoken about more and i like to in our friend group like i like to i like to make sure that it's spoken about i think it's really serious. serious it's serious but it's important and it's human it is human it is human. If it's something that works, if something that works, the, uh, there's a serious epidemic, especially in males. I know females as well, but especially in males in the UK, it's serious. And like uh, statistically, it's one in every, uh, for every single suicide, it affects 180 people. Um, and I just think that like, it's not, it's, it's a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Yeah. But Everything something can is- be, 
but something can be done about it. There doesn't need to be obviously government funding. Yes, of course, there could be more, there could be shorter waiting lists and stuff, but like we can, you can do something if you're watching this and you know someone that's struggling, like you can do something. Uh, you can honestly save someone's life. Yeah, everything is figure outable. Yeah, exactly. Everything, everything is figure outable over a chat and like, like a hundred percent. Um, though I feel really, I do feel really, really strongly about it. Thank you for sharing and for no, being human. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's something that, that needs needs to be spoken about, um, especially from someone that per, was perceived to have it all going all going great. And that if someone like me can end up in that kind of place, then um, hopefully, the, hopefully someone else can realize that, like, oh, like it's if I can, if I can come from there and be where I am now, then so can you. Uh, like, mm. you, you'll be you'll be fine. It's a, it, you will be okay. Like, and but it's something that I always say is that it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to do nothing about it. Mm. If I didn't do anything about it. I don't know where I would be, if I'm being very honest. I wanted to change and I had to do something. And it, it took a long time for me, but it's worth it. Like life is worth it. Like falling in love with life again, uh, have an impact on other people and using your experiences to change other people's lives. That's incredible. And there's so much out there. You can feel so fulfilled. And yeah, I, I genuinely do believe that there is something out there for everyone and everyone can has a potential to fall in love with life again. So I think if someone is listening to this and you're 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 going through a tough time, don't give up. Don't give up because life's so precious and to throw it away, you're doing yourself a disservice when you don't know. Like there was a there was a time when I there was, a, there was a time when I genuinely didn't think I'd wake up and be happy and I genuinely didn't wake up and think I look forward to another day. And I've never been happier in my life now. So I, I honestly do think, uh, like, I feel so strongly about it. And that is part of my mission and who I am. And as a leader, like, uh, yes, getting into, getting people into the gym is fantastic. That's great. But the physio, the, psycholo the psychology, is the most important thing like the physiology doesn't mean anything if the psychology isn't in check and yeah i think that's so important to, for people to realize that you can have a six pack and be depressed you can look incredible and, and not feel not feel like you're worth anything but uh, there is hope there is light out there um but it starts with taking action it starts with um getting the ball moving because if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I think people don't like to accept responsibility. I genuinely do believe that. And I, I think that people never take action because they, they, they blame others or they blame their situation. And I would, I used to, I blamed other people for, for, for where I was. I blamed other people that, uh, Oh no, I'm just, I'm naturally born lazy. So I didn't do anything about it, but taking responsibility it's the most important thing like it may not be your fault but it's your your responsibility to turn shit around here yeah so yeah i know that was extremely long-winded and i went in such a tangent there but um yeah that's that that's where that's where that's where i'm at with it perfect tangent and I, i've uh literally have a post gone out this morning that says confidence comes from vulnerability 
Mm. So it's not this thing that's like, oh, I must have no failings or no faults or any of that kind of stuff. It's actually embracing your shadow or the parts of you that you're insecure about is what equips you to be confident. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of other things, like, but that's a big part of it. But the other thing is of a male going out on Friday and more or less it's called magic moments. And more or less what you do is you tune your brain into moments of magic. So for example, my cat, fell asleep or she wasn't asleep she came up on my lap the other day and she just turned around and made eye contact with me and I'm like that's a magic moment right (laughs) so what it does is it trains your brain like you're saying to fall back in love with life because you're catching these moments that are absolutely special and there's they're happening all the time we're just asleep to it why do you think that is uh, because it's it's (laughs) loads of stuff well i'm supposed to be asking you questions down but we can we can riff wherever we want right we'll be, we'll be tangent to that yeah well i'm curious that like why do people miss those moments because they are closing their heart through the stories that we tell ourselves that cages in life getting through to it so for example if you look in the mirror over time what happens in our mind is like dust will settle in front of us we can't see ourselves as clearly as we could, there was no dust. The dust is stories, beliefs, what's called, I think it's like samskaras in some religions, this kind of covering that stops us actually seeing ourselves or our lives clearly, because what it does is it protects us from unknown or uncertain. The biggest one is always death, but more or less going outside the door, you don't know if you're going to stay alive or, or, or be knocked down or any of this kind of, so everything is unknown. So we do whatever it is in our power to create more knowns, like BMW drivers are our souls. Or when I do this, well, then I know that people will like me. Or if nobody likes my post on Instagram, well, then I'm not a good person. That's a way of navigating the unknown, but actually it's caging you in and it's stopping you seeing the life that's happening as it is in front of you, not as it should be. So the shoulds as well about um, my dog, Elvis, the puppy should not be shitting on the floor. So when he does, I'm arguing with reality. So I can't love life if I'm arguing with it. So we have all these shoulds or expectations that get in the way of us just opening to the world as it is. And then we'll actually just be who we are. And so we'll just love life anyway. And I think we we soak on these things and we take them on from other people. Like I must suffer to be happy. That's a good one that everybody inherits because of some religions. So unless I suffer, I don't deserve to be happy or I'm not good enough, I'm a sinner. So all of this, it's all bullshit, Dan, right? It's all, all bullshit, this, baby. It's all bullshit. It all just covers life from us. So we can't see it or ourselves clearly. So how can love be present there when it's dusty? Yeah, I love that. I, I, I love that. And I think those things happening and, and just accepting, like it, let, letting life happen, and saying back to Elvis, the dog shouldn't shit on the floor, but it does. And I think uh, for, for even for, I remember from the from the book you got me um, on the stoicism. Yeah, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you feel about it. And that's something that's changed my life. It really has. And I ask myself, when things don't go my way, can I change it? If the answer is no, I allow myself a couple minutes and after that it's gone because I don't for me personally I, I do think I, it's human that we get we get upset at things that don't go away but 
for me, okay, like I'll give myself a couple minutes to get angry, to release emotion, not at others, but just release it. And then I let it go and that's it. And I think that's really, that's really helped my life and helped me become a much happier individual. And I suppose when we're happier individuals, we impact others in a positive light as well. Um, but I, 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 I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's the same if you go back to what you're saying about responsibility. So equipping people to take responsibility, literally, it's just equipping people with the ability to respond. And we don't have those strategies or teach those strategies like that. Allow the emotion, feel it, but then move on from it. It's done its yeah. job move. And yeah. I think we, this is why I try to share some of those tools and strategies that Here's another response. Test it. Did you get a better outcome? Well, then maybe update your habitual responses to, mm -hmm. to one that serves you more. And these things are really simple, but it's easier said than done. So sometimes we don't do it. Yeah. And I genuinely just do think that people, and I, for me personally as well, like they, they go through life and the way they've been programmed, that's it. They can't change it. It's, it's not malleable. Um, for me, something that I like to ask myself is, okay, what I believe and how can I be wrong? But it, uh, I used to like one, one flaw of mine before, like it was definitely, I was extremely stubborn as a person. What I said went. And if you think something else, it doesn't matter. When I was younger, like I, I was definitely pre probably 2019. I was probably a very toxic individual. I was probably someone that didn't look out for others and was not a selfless person. And now having learned a lot of lessons that is one thing that i continue to ask myself what i know and how could i be, how could i be wrong about it so um yeah that's that, that that's something that has stuck with me there's been a few key um a few key lessons that i've carried through over the past couple of years and it's it's really just helped me to become much a much better individual to be around you know when when you were making that kind of decision then to pursue a career in fitness who or what i guess formed the who, like who was there to kind of guide you towards being able to make that commitment my mom and dad uh my mom and dad definitely like as i said to you before like they gave me everything growing up uh, and when i when i say everything as in i mean the confidence they give me they always like i've i've grown up with the mindset there's nothing that i can't achieve uh, and i'm very lucky in that um that no matter what it was they always said you can do it you know you could do it they never they never they never if i didn't do something well they said right, okay well how, how could you do it better next time and uh, from a really encouraging point of view and i've just always had that outlook on life and don't get me wrong that had been dumping for a few years because of what i was going through but once i'd gotten better once i said i wanted to pursue this they were all for it there hasn't been one moment where they've said, no, nah, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't. Well, uh, initially, of course, when I'd said about pulling back from flight school, of course, there's going to be questions asked. Of course, they're going to be, um, of course, people are going to maybe advise you to do otherwise. But once I'd said, okay, I'm set on this and I told them my plan, they were all for it. Uh, so my mum and dad, they're, they're a massive part of my life. And um, yeah, they were, the, they were the two that really spurred me on to do it. And uh even even since from when started till now they just fill me with fill me with confidence they fill me with encouragement and uh i have two other brothers i have a younger brother and an older brother and my mom and dad are the exact same with them like there's nothing that you can't do um so i think it's it's really special and i'm, I'm really privileged to have grown up with parents that fill you with encouragement like they didn't come for much and, and they both both very working class and uh 
to see where they came from that they didn't have much and that they could achieve great things like that's that that's incredible and like i really look up to the two of them like they're even people ask about role models they're 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 my role models um uh, they, they really are and ultimately i see myself as a role model now uh, for me like i look up to myself and again who i'm going to be down the line but yeah they, they, they were the two individuals which really spurred me on more than anything nice and when you commit to something like this there's moments where it's difficult and yeah. it's uh, challenging so how or what do you do to kind of keep you moving forward when it could be easy to turn around and go back to kind of security over that sense of fulfillment? Yeah, so um, something which I'd heard, heard recently was uh, make decisions from a place of vision, not yeah. from a place of circumstance. And I think that I think that I think that's super, super important. Like always have your why, always revert back to your why, like write it down, make it strong so that no matter what adversity that's thrown your way, you you, you, you still keep pushing. It's like, say, if you're going through a fat loss phase, OK, uh, you, you think your pain points, you think your pain points. If you say, for example, someone was bullied when they were younger, OK, like remember that pain point remember your why and having a strong enough why to keep you to keep pushing you through i think that's important like i like i'll be very honest and <clears throat> in december time i had three pound in my bank account i'd spent my money uh, on eca i'd spent my money on a coach and i knew it was going to pay off down the line I, I knew it was but that was a big risk for me and i think when you want something bad enough, I think you have to be willing to, willing to take a risk. But the why has to be strong enough. Mm. The why has to be strong enough. And that, that, that was it for me. Like, even when I was struggling financially, I knew what I wanted to do. Like, there was nothing else that was good. There was nothing else that was for me aside from this. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the biggest thing. And I think a lot of people are held back because of the judgments of, of other of other people. Um, especially when it comes to, I've spoken to a lot of people recently that are in the fitness industry or maybe only starting and they're worried about making videos, they're worried about making content. Um, and they, I said, well, what's, what's stopping you? I don't want to be judged by my friends. I don't want to be judged by my family or even by strangers. Like, as I would always say to people, never take criticism from those who you wouldn't go to for advice. And like you've really got to ask yourself, are you willing to sacrifice your fulfillment, your happiness because of people that you don't actually care about? The only one that's going to lose out at the end of the day is you. So taking that leap, I think that's super important. And when it comes to a practical level, like for me, I was, in, I was not in a good place financially. Um, and I know for a lot of people, if you have, like, what I would say is, okay, even when it comes to, say, the fitness industry, for example, someone wanting to get in the fitness industry, if you have two months of income saved up, if you have two months of income saved up, you can go two months and you can make, you can honestly get on your, you can get on your feet. If you want it bad enough, you can get on your feet. And if you're not willing to take that risk, I don't think that's maybe for you. And that's a really bold statement to make. Um, but I genuinely do believe that like, if it's something you want, like I take my job very seriously. 
it's people's happiness, it's people's fulfillment, it's people's lives on the line. And for me, it's a really serious job. I know for some people it's not perceived as that, but it's changing people's lives. And uh, like I see myself as like the front line before, before the healthcare system. And I want that. I wanted that fucking bad enough. I don't know if I can swear on this, but um, I, I wanted that bad. So I was willing to take that risk. I was willing to put myself out there. Was it extremely stressful? Yes. Was, was I, would I recommend that to people? Maybe not um, leaving yourself that broke, but it's worth it. It's paid off. And when it gets to that kind of point, Dan, so what do you do? Like, what do you focus on? Is that what you focus on? That kind of being the front line, being the leader, being ahead of people, being that kind of first point of contact so that the health service doesn't have to take people down the line? Or what do you focus on that keeps you moving forward? It's a responsibility of other people. And it's the responsibility that if I don't show up, someone else is going to be worse off. And if I don't be the person that I know I can be, it's a disservice to other people. Like if you know you have qualities and capabilities that are going to improve people's lives, hold them back on that because of the judgment of other people, that's a disservice to those that need help. That's the way I see it. And I think having a responsibility and putting people before you from your overflow, I think that's, I think that's what keeps me going. I think when you have responsibility of other people, um that's what keeps me that's what keeps me going realizing i have a higher purpose in here it's like right okay like some you can get caught up with the finances you can get caught up with the market and you get caught up with all those things but if when you're going through the tough times if you revert back to your why i'm a leader i'm here to change people's lives if i don't i'm a disservice to other people there's people that are going to be negatively affected that's what keeps me going and when you think back then over the journey over the last couple of months let's say or a couple of years what do you think are some of the kind of hardest earned lessons that you've learned because of those challenges or because of those experiences i think the biggest one to be honest and it's not that deep but the biggest one is uh, never choose security over fulfillment because if you do it's going to come to there's going to come a time where you become extremely unhappy with life and money can only get you so far it really can and uh like i i, I know people that are i know of people that are <laughs> multi-millionaires that are extremely depressed um but if you love what you do i think that definitely helps i think that definitely helps um but that, that that's been one of the biggest lessons and to live life for you no one else for you um and that if you if you haven't found that purpose yet, just keep looking. Please keep looking because there is something out there for absolutely everyone. Um, what is it that you absolutely love to do? Like, look at your childhood. Look through your childhood. What did you used to love to do as a kid? I used to play. I used to love playing sport. I used to love playing in teams. I used to love uh, working with other people, making people feel good. So look back. What did you like? Used to love to do as a kid. How could that relate to what you want to do down the line? How could, how could that relate to a higher purpose? That's something that I like to think about. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly think as well, one of the biggest lessons which I have learned, I've been confident, I have lost confidence, I've got it back. Experience comes before the confidence. The confidence doesn't become 
doesn't come before the experience. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to push yourself out there to do the experience. And then the next time you go to do it, it won't be as frightening. The time after that, it might be a little less frightening. And before you know it, you're completely comfortable in a situation which was extremely terrifying before. And that, my friend, is confidence. That was one of the biggest lessons. So I would say the biggest lessons that I have learned, never choose security over fulfillment. Experience comes before confidence, not confidence before experience. And live life for you. If you haven't found a purpose yet, keep looking and never, ever stop. Because something, there is something out there for everyone. And I genuinely do believe that. And to anyone who says you can't, there's maybe not a place for them in your life. Never take criticism from someone who you wouldn't go to for advice. Those are things that I live by. Yeah. Nice. And they say that um, if other people are holding you back, it's their fears, not yours. So you don't yeah. need more fears. Just leave them with the other person and say, thank you for uh, loving me so much. You want to keep me safe, but I'm going to choose to grow anyway. It's the same when we feel fear. It's always self-love. It's always love. There's always a positive intent, but it's to keep you playing small. And that's not what serves us. You know? Yeah, I, th I, think, I think that sometimes it's like putting a mirror in front of someone's face and it's showing them what they're not doing. Um, and I think that could be hard. Like, again, I don't know. Like, I, I, is it something that you, you have you left people behind before? I know for me, like there was people that I used to grow up with that I've left behind, which I felt I didn't, I, it made me uncomfortable doing that. I felt mm. that those people I grew up with, I'm always obligated to be friends with, but that's something my, my thought process has changed. Like you do grow out, outgrow people. That doesn't mean you're a bad person leaving others behind. It just means that you're moving forward. And you need those people to be in line with, with, with your values. Yeah, well, you don't need those people, as in the old people. You need new people. your new tribe are, exactly. Yeah, and I think people. what can happen, what holds people back from actually moving forward is trying to convince people to change when you're saying, I'm changing, but they're not wanting you to, rather than actually focusing on where you're going and taking the steps towards that. So we spend so much time, energy, and attention trying to change other people. Just leave them. Just accept them as they are. Love them for who they are. Thank you for your care, but actually I'm going to limit some of the time that I spend with you because I'm on a mission and I have stuff that I need to be doing. And mm -hmm. I don't want to soak in some of the behaviors that you embody frequently because it's not what I value. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think it always, I think trying to change someone else's perception, someone else's uh, opinion i think that's something which i don't get involved in anymore like i never really get in i don't get involved in arguments uh because i ask myself before i before if there's something i disagree on before i get into an argument i ask myself okay what's the outcome here that i want the most and what's that i come here that they want the most is that ever is that will there ever be a compromise there if the answer is no i don't i don't get involved in that and yeah. uh, i'm yet to have got into an argument in a long time because of that yeah. i think that's where my rationality comes from yeah. um do i want to be right or yeah, do I it's, want to be kind. <laughs> yes, I, I I love that. And one of the things as well, and it's just it's it's just dawned on me. Like it it was almost like a light bulb moment, which really made me realize that a career in the airline industry wasn't for me. It was something that 
I asked myself, do I like myself for what I am or what I do? Like, do I, do, do I love myself for what I'm doing or do I love myself for who I am? Like, that was the question I asked myself. And it was something that was like a light bulb moment. Shit, I love the validation from other people. I love when people gas me up because of what I'm doing. But do I honestly love myself? To and, and that that was it. That was that was the big that was the biggest thing for me. It was like boom, light bulb moment. I didn't, I honestly didn't love myself anymore. I loved what people perceived yeah. of me. And that was it. And so that began the whole self-development uh journey to where I am today. And uh, like I genuinely do see myself as someone that's like not bulletproof because I don't think that's human. Um, uh, but someone but like I genuinely do believe it's close to that. Um because I genuinely, I think there's very few things that can be thrown at me, which I couldn't overcome. Like, I genuinely do believe that. And where I'm going to be in 10, 15, 20 years time, it excites me. It really does excite me to think how much further I'm going to develop as a character. And I don't know, like, maybe, like, I want to know your thoughts on that. Like, why do you think people hold themselves back? Or why do you think people don't have high ambitions for themselves in the future? Like if you, I, like for me, the way I see it, it's like, okay, what have you done in the past 10 years? And people say like, why, why can't you be that person down the line? Why can't you be more confident? Why can't you be more happy? Why can't you achieve those things? And they say, oh no, like, like and it's, it's, that's not me. Like I can't, it's, that's too far out of reach. And like, if you ask yourself, you ask someone, where are you going to be in 10 years time? They'll probably say, Oh, I'll probably be in the same situation, have the same hobbies, same interests. And I'll be a wee bit older. But like, if you ask someone, well, what's changed in the last 10 years? And they're like, Oh my God, I've changed so much as a person. Like so much has changed. Like, so it takes people to realize how much they've changed in the time before them to realize what's actually capable in the years ahead of them. It's a, it's a cognitive distortion that we underestimate what we could achieve in the following 10 years because we don't judge it on the previous 10 years. So exactly what you've saying or what you've said there plays out and there's evidence on, on scientific literature on exactly that to say like the previous 10 years, look at how much change has happened, but people can't reason ahead they limit what they think that following 10 years will actually be able to like create for them. But I think the biggest thing is just fear. When they get in these states of fear or uncertainty or security, which is the need for, uh, it's too uncertain or too fearful right now, I need more certainty or security. Those mm. two human needs will play out in polarity. So we need to hold on to the security. I, I, and then I think it's back to the vision versus circumstance and where you make decisions from because people get stuck in that as the circumstance or the mood over time, which is a feeling that's extended for longer than let's say what the feeling or the emotion actually needs to do in your body. I, I think that limits what we think is capable. Hence the vision is smaller when we look forward versus what we know and evidence from the past. But I think it's fear. It's fear. It's peer groups. It's habits. It's like you will, what is it? You'll pick up negative habits from environments quicker and easier and assimilate them more than from a, like a positive kind of trigger or habit from an environment. So we're always defaulting down to safety and survival because it's built in us. It's built in us, yeah. So over time, again, it's always gone to narrow. The journey is, again, staying with the heart, 
keep opening don't close to life open to it open possibilities possibilities will emerge yeah i know i i love that and i think it's 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 re constantly reframing um constantly reframing and i do think like that negative bias like it's something that i used to latch on so much i always used to see the negative and i like i'm such a optimist optimistic person sometimes and people think oh well that's not realistic well you know what if me being optimistic means i get burnt sometimes i'm okay with that if it means i'm happier in my day-to-day life i'm okay with that and it means like people say like i I would give people a buy ball a lot of the time and uh I would always hold my own. I would never let people disrespect me um, or not never let this disrespect me, but I, I would hold my own, but I always look for the bad, for the good in people. And the same applies. Like if that means that I get burnt the odd time, that's okay. That's okay. Cause it means it, it allows me to have a brighter outlook on life and allows me to see that life's actually something to look forward to. It's something to, to be enjoyed and the, people are loving caring individuals and that's the way i perceive people now uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to saying it's a big bad world out there and it's going to eat me up i need to i need to put my guard up um yeah that's something that's really important but i think what you said there about environments that's so important as i think i said yeah. the other day it's uh environment is the invisible hand that shapes behavior yeah that's, that's something that's important to me I, one of my coaches, he's deeper than deep and he has this training that he's done called Warriors of the Human Spirit. Yeah. And let me read this to you because I think you're going to love it and I think it'll resonate. So warriors have unshakable confidence that people can be kinder, gentler and wiser than our current society tells us we are. We rely on human goodness and offer this faith in people as a gift to others. We commit to not add to fear and aggression by carefully choosing our responses and actions. We create a human community wherever we are, with whatever we have, with the people with us, and we rely on joy arising, knowing that joy comes from working together as good human beings, independent of external circumstances. Wow, I love that. (laughs) That's powerful stuff. Jesus Christ. Oh my God, that is powerful. I love it's that. so good. It's just That's... so good. So I have it written down on a There's shitty so piece of paper. Do- so many golden nuggets there. Yeah, because we get conditioned to see in the news, people are awful, people are bad. Only bad people are out there. It's like, no, not even close. Please do you pay watch... more attention. Do, do you watch the news? No. It's something that, yeah, it's uh, it's something that I stopped doing uh, maybe two years ago. Um, it was actually from, I don't know if you've heard of it, The Stress Solution by Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. Oh, so, he's amazing, but I haven't read the book. Yeah, so that was one of the first ever books I read uh, when I was recovering and stuff like that. And uh, it spoke about the micro stress doses that come from uh, opening yourself up to the media. It's first thing in the morning. And my granny and I always go back and forth on, she was like, oh, no, but that, she's from Glasgow. She's like, Daniel, you want to know what's going on in the world? And I'm like, Grant, like, I understand that. But if me being a little ignorant to what's going on makes me a lot happier my day to day, I'm willing to accept that I'm maybe not as knowledgeable about current affairs. Yeah. And that might be it's crazy for some people to hear, but that's just the way I like to live. If that if me being a wee bit more ignorant in my day to day means I'm happier, then I, that's uh that's a pretty good trade-off. Risk reward is pretty 
pretty bang on there. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. I think um, as it just goes back to that negative bias, and yeah. it's something this is this has definitely helped me. But I want to make sure I, I, I want to get you. Uh, I want to get you for a, a C dip someday. I, I, want I did one on Sunday. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. first time. Is it no way? Where did I've you go? I shower every day for the last couple of months. Don't worry. Oh, oh I love that. I'm just that. quietly playing this game, you know. <laughs> you're good. You're yeah. You're you're the opposite of me. I'm shouting loudly about it, but no, I love that. Where did you go? Down to uh, Helen's Bay. Oh, unbelievable! I love. It. What did you think of it? Carl. Yeah, I loved it, but like it's cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, trust me, we're. I'm gonna get you up to Ballygally someday with me. Uh, I'm gonna get you to Ballygally. I'll take you. To, that's that's my happy place is Ballygally. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you there, and you're gonna have the sea dip of your life. I'm telling nice. you. Um, so we'll but yeah, uh, what was your what was your thoughts behind the cold shower every day? Because it's something that's that's something that's changed my life. Cold water exposure. It's just discipline. It's just literally turning that dial every day towards cold, knowing. It's, it's not, it's not as cozy as the warm, but I do it every day, sometimes twice a day. And I love it. And I'll never not do it. And head straight under, not a care in the world. Would you ever do it just cold straight off the bat? Nah. I done it for, I done it for a while and uh, yeah. It was. Don't get me wrong. I prefer going out in the cold, like outside doing it in the bin. That's my thing. Now I'm the bin. I went out. And, I went on Saturday, Phil, and someone said, "Oh, there's the bin, man." I was like, "Oh, cheers." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, for God's sake!" So yeah, I'm the bin man now. If you want to give me a nickname, if you want, like, that's yeah, podcast nice. with a nickname with a bin man. Nice. That's your title. Tell me what qualities you think make people heroes. Selflessness. Resilience, empathy, and I would say what I'd say I would say the biggest one is 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 the resilience there, like, and the selflessness. Like, I look at my mom and dad as a hero, and they're people that came from humble beginnings and they've really taught me what it means to be a hard worker, a good person. And uh, what, why, why would I see them as a hero? Because they're people that defied the odds that people maybe laughed at them when they were younger, about what their ambitions or what they wanted to do, or uh, people would have written them off, but they've came through that. They defied the odds, but they've been so selfless in doing so that they're so unconditionally loving they show up every day and they don't ask for anything in return. That's something that shocks me every single day. And I know I probably don't speak about it enough, but yeah, that's, that, that's what it means for me. It's, it's selflessness and caring for other people more than you care for yourself. It's like those loved ones and maybe not even more than yourself, but like, good catch. Yeah. In the, but like from your overflow, like constantly, constantly given um, to those that you really love. And that's something, that's something that, again, I can't fathom it every, every single day, every single time. It's, it's so inspiring for me. Um, that's what, like, the selflessness along with that resilience. 
it's it's inspired me. Uh, it really has that get up that get up and go and um the doing the difficult things when you don't want to do it. It's like my mom like she would always do difficult things, and from from young age like they just have a like that never say die attitude. That's what that's 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 what it gets. It burns. It gets a fire burning in my belly. Um, seeing seeing them show up every single day, whilst have being loving and caring and showing up as parents as well. Like that's insane. I love that. That's something that's that'll stick with me forever. Yeah, it's a good mix. It is. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I I think um, being someone that's a hero is someone that. It improves you as a person. Um, it they really challenge you to be better, but they're also there to put their arm around you when you need it. Yeah, I think that's that's someone I look up to as a hero, someone that improves you as a person, um, but's there for you when you really need it. That's the way I that's that's what I see it as, and that's how I that's how I coach. I'm gonna push you. I'm gonna really challenge you, but I'm gonna be there for you when you need it more than anyone. Um, that's the way I see myself as being a hero and wh- whether people's perception of that is different, I don't care because I, I, I know that um, through one person at a time, I'm going to help change a lot of lives. And I have, and I'm going to continue to do that, but seeing other people improve themselves, seeing someone look in the mirror and say, I'm really proud of what I've done. And it's not the physical aspect, it's the mental aspect. If that means someone going home and showing up for their parents, showing up for their kids. That's insane. That's, that's life changing. So that's what that means for me. Is there any questions I should have asked you? That's a very good question. There's nothing that springs to mind. I'm trying to think of a question that people ask me. Well, a question that asks me is, people ask me time and time again, is what what gets me going and what makes me happy? Those are things that, those are questions that people ask me time and time again. What what actually makes me happy? And what keeps me going? What keeps me going is knowing that I never want to be or I was ever again. That that's what keeps me going. Um, it's something that terrifies me. Looking back, and I think I genuinely do believe that. Like my purpose now is literally me put here is just to ensure that no one else ends up in in a place that I was in, and uh, th- yeah, that's how I feel. And I'm thinking about it so much now. Just even that you've asked that question and. Yeah, I believe that's my that's my purpose for being here. To close out by just saying thank you. It's appreciated who you are, the energy you show up with. It's clear that you have a fire in your belly and no doubt that you're going to impact a lot of people, Dan. And I'm excited to see what comes from that. And I'm happy to share anything I know that's going to help you shine a little bit brighter or shine in front of people as well um clearer if that makes sense and i'm just excited and just again a a word of appreciation just to say thanks for taking time for 
joining us on the Everyday Heroes podcast. No, I want to say, yeah, no, I just want to say thank you for having me on and uh, thank you for allowing me to share my story with other people and um, sharing such wisdom from yourself. And I think it's something that I absolutely love what you're doing. I really love what you're doing. I think people don't have those conversations enough and it's something that I really look forward, I've looked forward to. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you for that. And uh, yeah, like again, if someone is, if someone is out there and someone's really struggling, like, Please like ne- just never never feel like the there has to be an end to any of this. Um, you're, there's gonna come a time where you're gonna wake up and you're gonna look forward to life again. There's gonna come a time where you're excited about the next day and the day after that, and uh, that time will come. But just just hold on, just hold on, and remember that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. But I promise you, you will see that only once you get to the other side. The other, the other quote I heard recently is, a new day begins in the middle of the night. <laughs> You're a bad man for a quote. I love it. That's a good one. That's, that's a very, very good, good one. Because it's true. Good. You can't disagree with that, right? You're, oh, you can't. You can't. A hundred percent. You really can't. Um, but no, the, the one big thing, which uh, for me, again, even just as a, as a closer, which allows me to really push myself out there and to really continue to grow as a person, it's ships are safest at harbour. Yeah. But that's not what ships are built for. That's yeah. something I live by. And if, 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 that's, if that's a sign for anyone listening to this to go pursue what you you love to do to put yourself out there to get uncomfortable to do the difficult things that's your sign so go away once you finish listening to this and implement don't sit there because it's yours to the taking and uh yeah don't live with regrets life's too short for that shit amen amen dan dargan thank you very much over and out, brother. I appreciate, I appreciate the chat, mate. Big love. I, I will speak to you very soon. Uh, but yes, thanks for having me on.